Rich Risville with American Egg Network here. I am out at Peterson Farm Seed with uh, Mike Larson, who is the corn guru out here. And he just took me through a, the history of dent corn. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about what I saw today and what you've been working on all summer. Well, we've been, I, I spotted this way back maybe 10 years ago. We're down to a tour down in Gothenburg, uh, Nebraska. And I got introduced to a guy that was into this history of yellow dent corn. And uh, since then, I've been putting this demonstration in uh, south of the yard here every year, just kind of explain what happened and how cool Mother Nature can treat us as far as that goes. So. Well, and so it started off with something called Teosete, right? And tell us a little bit about the Teosete and how that kind of progression worked to where we get to Reed's Dan Corn, where we get to where we are today. Right. So Teosete originated down in uh, uh, Central America, Mexico. Um, it, was, uh, it, it wasn't like an ear on this corn plant like we see it today. It, it looked more like, a, say, a millet or maybe you know, like an expanded wheat head on top of it and what I've been what I read on it it's like there's a couple different mutations that happened by mother nature that developed that where you had uh, the tassel up on top and then the silk on the ear and how they would pollinate and turn that into kernels and that's basically how this whole thing started by mother nature they talk about the teosete back when the Mexican conquistadors were out around campfires and they're using that for uh, like fire and then all the seeds start popping and they thought they're under attack so that's a little stretch, but that's what I read about and stuff. So that's kind of a history nut, by the way. So anyway, enough of that. So that's how this all started. So you fast forward into the middle 1800s. Uh, prior to that, there was, no such, there was no such thing as a yellow dent corn. James Reed, the son of Robert, uh, they moved up from uh, southern Ohio into northern Indiana, and they got a kind of a late plant. The first year they planted this Gordon Hopkins semi-gourd, which is kind of a white, goofy-looking. It looks like corn, but it just doesn't look like a corn kernel. With that, they, they planted it that, that summer, and uh, it probably frosted a little bit early because they got a late start. So the seed quality probably the next year where they were saving what they thought was the best, but didn't turn out that well. So they had basically a half a stand. So in, back in the middle 1800s, you couldn't call Peterson Farm Seed and get guaranteed delivery of seed and, you know, on a switch to an earlier hybrid, get you there in an hour, and which we did this last spring quite a bit because of the late spring. But uh, it was about six weeks later where they got their hands on what's called uh, a Longfellow flint. It's a very, it's not a dent corn, uh, narrow ear, very, a flint corn is very dense. Uh, but anyway, they interplanted that. There's about six weeks difference um, in, in time. And somehow, with again, uh, Mother Nature uh, surprising everybody, they, the Gordon Hoffman Selengord cross-pollinated with the Longfellow flint to turn into yellow corn, yellow dent corn. From then on, they uh, kept, uh, James took over for Robert, and they kept developing. They took the best of the best. There wasn't like hybridization there. They just like picked the best ears and kept trying to improve Reed's Yellow Dent. And way back when, like in 1890, it was 1893, the World's Fair in Chicago, and there was kind of yield contest going back then. And the average yield back then was about 35 bushel an acre. And Reed's Yellow Dent uh, ended up going like 90. So it got nicknamed the World's Fair Corn. So that's pretty much how it all started. And from there, we've had uh, surround ourselves with a lot of great corn genetics people. I, we talked about out in the field how from the time we started here 19 years ago today, our sub-85-day hybrids have become just so robust. I mean, where there's 200-plus bushel of corn on some um, 
early 74, 75 day stuff, if you know, if Mother Nature treats you well. So it's just been kind of fun for me to watch how this all has developed. So that, in a nutshell, is how it started, and that's where we're at now. And so you said 1893 World's Fair, right? Yep. If, so from 1893, when did we uh, start seeing some hybridization and kind of, uh, you know, that we got the science a little bit more instead of just, uh, just keep, taking... Taking the best of the best. Um, I think that was around the uh, 1940s, I think it was, when we started talking hybridization of corn hybrids. Mid-40s, when they started, somebody way smarter than I, let's try to do this and that. It's kind of crazy how this all has evolved. And uh, now... Fast forward today with molecular breeding and uh, gene editing and all those other things that are going on. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Tell us a little bit about uh, Pearson Farm Seeds and also tell us if you have anything exciting. And I know you guys do. You guys do a lot of research out here all the time. Uh, tell us anything exciting new coming up for over the winter or maybe into next year. Well, we like talked about, uh, you know, on our like we call Ole and Sven, plot south of the yard, Ole being the good farmer, Sven being the bad. Carl and I developed that way back when. And I, like we mentioned, I, I've sat in on a meeting with, I'm surrounded with a tremendous amount of young, very intelligent, ambitious agronomists that care about helping our growers grow more bushels. And what we got going out there, what they did this summer, um, it's just amazing. All the different testing, different looks on just so many aspects that they're taking that now, got all the yield data put together, pictures taken and all that, and there'll be we'll be publishing a, a booklet this winter. And there's a lot of Rick Swenson and our new lead agronomist, he's, he's uh, up to his eyeballs and stress trying to get all these things put together. That's going to be exciting. So that we've talked about this, we've done this testing, but never to this point, like this year. This, it's evolved year after year. Like I said, with the youth we've got going uh, and all the good ideas, okay, we do it. And then the growers go, oh, you did it, but you've got the numbers. We never see any of this, all the yield data and all the different things you learned out here. So this will be the first year ever, and Rick, I'll get you a copy of this, um, what we just looked at out there, all the different things, and you'll be shocked at how many other different things we've done out there this year. So that'll be published. I think the, the target is, I think, uh, mid-December to get that done so well and so it sounds like i'm going to get a copy of this which i'm looking forward to but uh if folks want to get a copy for themselves they want to find out what you guys have found out and find out what you guys how you guys can help them out in their field and what you guys have to offer how do they do that where do they go to get that well we've got an awesome dealer network and they'll have hemp, they'll have copies of that so whoever their closest dealer would be or else you can reach out to us too here and you can email us at petersonfarmseed.com mike at petersonfarmseed.com and we'll get that to you too as far as that goes so. well perfect uh give us some final thoughts it's exciting to be working here like i said i came with the corn way back when um had my 19th anniversary here i guess julie let me know this the other day and um it's just such a great family run um atmosphere and the goal every year is to help our growers grow more bushels, very simply put. Well, Mike, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us and uh, t telling us the history of Dan Corn. Thanks so much.